Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris sitting here this morning at the beginning of a new week with a uh, fresh blanket of snow outside. So we had some really warm weather, I said, uh, I think in, in the last podcast. Uh, I mean, it was getting up to like it was touching 50. It was like 52 degrees on Saturday and the, the ice was melting, the snow was melting, and it just, you started feeling like spring was on its way, and then you wake up the next morning, <laughs> Sunday morning, and uh, there's like four inches of snow, something like that, so, uh, and, and it got a little colder, so that snow's still out there, but it's very pretty uh, out there this morning, and um, I, I am, I'm getting better, a little bit better every day. This COVID thing is weird, because uh, it, it, it functions, it seems like, it, normal seasonal flu in many ways but then it's just got these these quirky things that that don't usually aren't attributed to a flu or or associated with the flu it's like ear pain that's gone uh but uh change of smell and and taste um that's that's actually more stabilized itself now but it's like every day it's, it's i'm a little better with congestion but it's not quite there um and so i've talked to a few people who have had similar uh symptoms with their COVID and they say, oh, it takes about like three weeks. So I'm in that, I guess I'm in week two right now of that, uh, but uh, feeling a lot better. So I appreciate everyone's uh, prayers and support. Um, I did actually even get get to go out. Uh, for those who follow me on social media, you probably saw, I posted a little bit, maybe I'll include some in this podcast, but I, I went out twice last week, the first time for a walk, the second time for an actual hike. Uh, in the Catskills, uh, and and you use when you when you go in the Catskills and you hike in the winter, you have to use uh, some cleats of some kind. So some spikes, really, is what we call them. And so uh, my wife and I had spikes on our boots, and we went up. And and actually, you're very stable. You can walk on ice when you, when you have that. Um, and we went to a place called uh, Giant Ledge, and then I went on to a place uh, called Panther Mountain. And Giant Ledge used to be one of the top destinations in the Catskill Mountain Range. Uh, it's got like, I don't know, six or seven lookouts that are cliff faces that you can walk out and you just got a clear view, a clear at least 180 view. And, uh, and anyway, we, we went on Friday. It was like in the 40s and it was, it was just spectacular. It was so beautiful out there. So I know some people think that's weird hiking in the winter, but uh, I enjoy it. But I'm, I'm in the office now enjoying some uh, good peppermint tea. For those uh, interested, a company that shares your values, has a great product, uh, I think the way to drink it is you keep the tea bag in, in in the mug. That's how you drink tea. At least how I drink tea. I, I can't speak for others, but so, so the little dip thing. I you know how much flavor do you get out of that? But um, if you're interested, uh, there there's a great company, um, Gold River Company Tea, and you can go get it at goldriverco.com. Uh, put in the promo code Conversations Conversations, and you can get yourself. Uh, some tea as well, and enjoy the remaining uh, winter months uh, with some some warm tea by your side, and uh, and it does make a difference. It it certainly does. So, um, wanted to talk uh, quick today, actually, if it's possible. I, I do have a hard uh, in like twenty minutes. <laughs> I actually have to go, so it has to be quick. Um, but I, I wanted to show an article to everyone. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Uh, the <laughs> it just. It was interesting. Someone sent this to me this morning. I got two things as I um, as I was getting up this morning and checking the news and everything. Uh, I had two interesting uh, articles sent to me. One is from uh, Grove City College. I'm not going to really go over that, but uh, the long and short of it is uh, they're 
they're doing what a lot of these um, uh, institutions that are that have evidence uh, of going in a more social justice direction in some sectors of their institution. Uh, it seems like they're doing what a lot of those colleges do. And here's, here's a whole article about kind of reaffirming the conservative values and, uh, you know, there's no, not in, no indoctrination here, you know, nothing to see here kind of thing. So uh, someone sent it to me kind of, I think with the idea that, hey, look, they're kind of trying to uh, show that the, 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 the concerns that parents and now faculty have, as including students, uh, students have as well, about the direction of the school, these are unfounded, that, that the uh, principles of the college remain intact. So anyway, that's just, it's a strategy. It's a strategy I've seen uh, many times out there. And it, it, the thing to, to always note about this is there's, there's never a, um, uh, an admission or a retraction because of previous teaching or even current teaching that might be not in accord with the core values of the institution. It's, it's always just, it's, it's kind of like a, people call it a gaslight, but it's kind of like, it makes you crazy. You think, wait a minute, like, did I really see what I saw? Because now they're, they're trying to say the opposite. And it's just, it's always better to, to just be honest, to, to just say, yep, you know, we goofed over here. We apologize and we're doing better. And uh, much better than than trying to uh, kind of obfuscate and and deflect and deny and disguise and all of that. So anyway, we're not going to spend time there. I want to spend time on this though. Uh, this is an interesting piece um, by a guy named Mark Wingfield. Yeah, Mark Wingfield. And Mark Wingfield is uh, the executive director and publisher of Baptist News Global. It's Baptist News Global. So Christian outlet, uh, supposed to be. I mean, it's called Baptist News and evangelical, uh, supposedly, from what I understand. And there's this opinion here, and I, I know I've seen this guy before, and I can't figure out where. I, I must have seen articles in the past. But anyway, Baptist News Global uh, posts this story by Mark Wingfield called It's Time to Stop the Insanity That is Killing Public Education. That's right. Of all the problems today going on, um, it's, it's Christian's killing public education. And there's a picture of a, probably a mother who's at, uh, uh, probably looks like it's, it's at a public school. So it's probably some kind of a parent teacher meeting. I don't know. And she's being very, she's very passionate about what she's saying. And so this, uh, reminds me of the recent, uh, controversy over critical race theory and how parents have been the ones to, to try to get involved because they don't want their kids learning this. So, um, this is this is I mean, hey, colorful. Well, I mean, descriptive language is insanity. It's it's extreme. I mean, there's there's we got to stop this insanity that is killing public education. These angry angry parents uh, that don't want their kids indoctrinated. So here's here's the piece. Let's read it um, from again the Christian organization. I, and and I just want to let everyone know the reason I thought this was a good article to, to maybe talk about briefly is just to remind everyone whose job it is to educate children. It's not the government's job. But we have someone who's, I mean, Baptist News Global. This is uh, apparently a Christian organization um, making, a, in my opinion, a little bit of a different case here. He says, I'm the child of a public school teacher. I am the parent of a son who has been a public school teacher and who remains a private instructor in a public high school. Many friends are public school teachers. 
As a child, I helped my mother grade papers every night, and I watched her work long hours preparing lesson plans and creating learning tools. I heard her former students who came back as adults to say that what she taught them in math as fourth and fifth graders opened the world to them. I read and treasured the letters they wrote upon her retirement and upon her death. As a parent, I have watched my son work magic with middle school and high school students, teaching them the joy of music and helping them achieve things they never thought possible. Like many of you, I care passionately about public education as a stabilizing, equalizing force for the good in society. I want to stop there for a moment. Now, uh, a lot of what he just said in the first few paragraphs could go on a Hallmark card, and of course there are teachers like this, and I wouldn't want to take anything away from that. There's... um, People who have had good experiences, especially in previous generations, in public schools in certain parts of the country, and you still probably can. In fact, I know uh, of a science teacher in a public school system, I would never tell you where, but uh, teaches, does not teach Darwinian evolution, teaches creation uh, in the public school. And there are places, uh, I don't know how many are left, where you can still do some of that. And um, the only reason I bring it up is just to say that uh, yeah, the general trend in most public schools are going to fill your kids' minds with a lot of uh, indoctrination and things that you're really going to have to work hard against if they end up going there. Uh, and I, w- I would tr- encourage parents to try anything they can to make sure their kids don't go there. But there are places where circumstances are different, and, and you are able to do that to some extent. Um, but par- parental involvement is the key here. And uh, we've gone through a transition in our own society where we went from a one-room schoolhouse setting where parents did, where you know, a teacher was accountable to parents, and oftentimes churches would sponsor teachers. To now, uh, it's it's run more and more by a centralized bureaucracy, the part the Department of Education. It's it's a centralized thing, emanating from uh, from the the national government, the general government, and uh, that is not the same thing. In fact, that that is Karl Marx's dream. I, I point this out in Christianity and Social Justice. That was one of uh, the Communist Manifesto's main uh, pillars, if you will, for how to make sure that the bourgeoisie, the proletariat, or you know, equality uh, exists, and that uh, you don't have these this disparity in wealth. It is to make sure that there's public schools. I mean, this is a Marxist concept. We just kind of people, some people at least, have just bought, and they think that's normal, and it, it, it's not. It, it's just a very recent thing, and it's it's a very it, Honestly, it's a very Marxist thing. So anyway, he says, like many of you, I care passionately about public education as a stabilizing, equalizing force for the good in society. And, and, and on that point, I won't spend long, but uh, that's not really the point of public education. Uh, it, you know, it, could, it, could it have served that purpose, especially during the Cold War times to some extent? Per, perhaps. I mean, you could maybe make that argument in some ways when you have immigration happening. I mean, this is a place where everyone is... Uh, in uh, going through the same kind of experience, but that's not the point of public education to be a stabilizing, equalizing force. Just, just so everyone knows, that's that was that should never have been the point of education. Uh, education is to learn, is to understand the world, to for uh, adults to to be able to have um, to, to be able to know how to think, to have a, a grounding. And it it does, you know, you hear this uh, too with. Um, public school that it's well it's it's really it's it's uh helping kids socialize right that's one of the things i've heard uh, for years you know that it's for helping kids socialize well okay that's nice that's not the point of education though and as soon as these things that aren't the main things become the main things 
and they're not a means to an end. They're the end in and of itself. It's for some public good, and, and no, it's no longer for, uh, you know, educating children. It becomes part of uh, a necessary function of society, uh, in, an institution to uh, further uh, stability and an equalizing force. Uh, you know, that that's just uh, you're in mission drift at that point, and. And that opens the door for a lot of things. Um, anyway, let's let's just go through this because I'm burning time here, and I could probably stop every couple sentences. But I want to get to the main point that I want to make in all of this. Um, he says, in a world filled with so much in- inequity, even though our schools may not always be as equal as they could be, public education remains uh, perhaps the greatest single means of giving everyone a bootstrap to pull up. And it is foundational to our society and our democracy, right? And these are sacred things in the, in the minds of some. So it is disgusting, dismaying, and disheartening to see that the continued attack on public education from conservative evangelical Christians and people who pretend to be evangelical Christians but couldn't find John 3.16 in the Bible if you ask them. It is time to stop being shocked at this behavior and stand up against it. Now, this is just so immature. You know, they couldn't even find John 3.16. Really? I'm pretty sure most of the people who are homeschooling and pro-private school who are Christians, they probably would do a much better job being able to find John 3.16. Than, um, than, than most. I, I, this is a funny, I don't, this guy's obviously got an ax to grind, and I don't know if there's something personal going on here, but, um, it, you know, our public education system is, uh, the results aren't that great. I mean, I, I don't have it pulled up, but, I mean, I've, you know, we've heard it many times, where the United States falls when it comes to math and reading level and all kinds of other things, and it, it's, it's, not to, to, it's not something to be that proud of. Uh, and, and we see the indoctrination that's happening. We see how kids are growing up and um, and what they think about the world and how it's shaped by the, the curriculum that they're forced to uh, memorize. And it's not good. And for Christians to say this is against our faith, this is, uh, honestly, I mean, he's saying it's stabilizing. I mean, not, not really. Maybe there was a time you could say in some ways it was. But at this point, really, uh, public school, a stabilizing system, I and mean, they're, they're teaching kids to hate the very foundation of their society. Look, I, I have, I, I don't need to go over it. I have family that's also in the public school system. And uh, yeah, the stories I hear aren't the nice Hallmark card stories. It's kindergartners getting indoctrinated. Uh, I mean, into, into the Marxist stuff, into the LGBT stuff. Uh, it, it's really, honestly, very concerning. And for Christians to be concerned, that's very normal. So he says, this has been going on for 60 years, though. It seems to get worse with every passing year. We now have reached a cringeworthy crescendo in which the very future of public education hangs precariously in the balance. This is not an exaggeration. Well, I mean, good. (laughs) But he's saying that's bad. Why? Because a very loud minority of parents wants to conform entire school systems to their narrow way of seeing the world. Really. uh, The public schools, they don't see the world in a narrow way, apparently. They they see it for what it is, apparently. In the 1950s, this sprouted from racism that rallied parents to oppose integration of uh, public schools. Uh, there's a, by the way, this is a, you hear this a lot, that these are segregation academies, these private schools, this anti-public school thing. It's, it's weird, it's, it, and it's, it's racist. And there's a, there's a good book by a guy named Glenn Slater um, about this topic. And uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I think it's called um, something. If, well, if you type in Glenn Slater, I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, I think it's Rebuilding Christian America or something like that. Anyway, uh, he, he changes the scope of this and says, look, if you go before... Uh, the, the whole battle over integration and all of that, you know, this was already happening. Parents were forming private schools 
uh, because of the in Darwinian indoctrination. That was really what kicked this all off. But there's an insistence today that this had to have been, you know, and it's it's part of the smear effort that you know. And there were seg- there were some segregation academies, but it's not like that's the whole story. And uh, this guy should know better. Anyway, um, let's keep going. One of the big differences then was that racist parents formed private schools through their uh, churches to protect their children, uh, precious white children, from having to sit in a classroom or play on a sports team with darker-skinned children. Their response to their racist impulses was to remove themselves. And, I, you know, I'm sure that's what parents, all the parents were just thinking that, right? It wasn't because uh, standards were going down in any particular area or crime was going up or uh, Darwinian things were being taught and prayer was being taken out. None of that, that stuff had anything to do with any of it, right? It was just pure uh, racism. Um, anyway, he goes on. But now the plan is broadened. Parents who want their kids educated in a world that hasn't existed since Little House on the Prairie are desperate to divert taxpayer funding from public schools to support their sectarian private schools. They are not willing to pay the price for being isolationists and having failed. Okay, so this is, I think, the, the voucher thing. Um, yeah, I mean, look, if you want, you want equality, you want competition, you want uh, schools that uh, help society better, I mean, introducing some competition would be the way to go. But, you know, that's bad. Um, he says, having failed at this unconstitutional effort. I mean, right, the whole public school thing is unconstitutional, emanating from the centralized government. So, I mean, if we want to go down that route, where in the Constitution does it give the central government the uh, uh, right to uh, implement public schools? He says, having failed at this unconstitutional effort, they now are trying to take over the entire school boards and bend the will of public education to their whims. Uh, <laughs> like, they, this is actually, I, I'm having a hard time getting through this without laughing. They are like parents who micromanage and berate coaches on little league teams because they know better than the coaches how the game should be played. Always seeking advantage for their kids, not the team. They are the parents who insist their kid must always play first base or pitcher and blame the coach when their kid drops the ball. The examples of the insanity in this debate today are numerous, including books ban- book banning, um, the made-up hullabaloo, I think you learned those words in, in the public school, hullabaloo, about critical race theory, and the bogus fears about transgender athletes. But for today, look no further than my home state of Oklahoma, where Republican State Senator Rob Strandridge uh, has introduced a bill that would allow people to sue teachers if they offer an opposing view to the religious beliefs held by students, According to MSM News and multiple other news outlets, Stan Ridge's <laughs> MSN News, okay, st- Students' um, Religious Belief Protection Act would allow any parent to demand the removal of any book with perceived anti-religious content from the school. And the news uh, service re- reported subjects like LGBT issues, evolution, the Big Bang Theory, and even birth control could be off the table. Um, <laughs> I haven't read this bill. Uh, it's... Uh, I mean, but honestly, though, I'm, I'm already liking it. Just the negative way that this is... Um, yeah, I mean, look, if you're going to educate children, I mean, how do you do that in a way that doesn't have some religious underpinning? There's going to be some religious underpinning, whether it's secular humanism of some kind or, um, I mean, I've argued that social justice is a religion. It's going to be something like that or it's going to be Christianity. Uh, that, and, I mean, or, you know, in some areas in the country where there's more Muslims or something, it could be something else. But it, you can't really avoid that from education. So, I mean, this is an inevitable battle. Uh, further, under this proposed legislation, teachers could be sued a minimum of 10000 per instance. So he's very upset about the penalties. Let's skip ahead. Uh, the Oklahoma legislature says this bill is necessary for the pre- preservation of public peace. And he says, this is insanity. Um, no surprise that just a month before, Strandridge introduced a bill to ban books from public school libraries. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't, <laughs> yeah, banning books. 
uh, I'm sure it had something probably to do with critical race theory. Um, anyway, the, the, the uh, oh, here we go. Uh, he wants to ban books from public school libraries while our governor believes our school libraries contain pornography. They probably do. <laughs> they probably do. I don't understand. I mean, even when I was a kid and uh, growing up, I mean, that was one of the issues even at the local school was that their uh, sex education stuff was, was it's basically that's what it was to some extent. And, you know, you're giving this to, to kids that can't handle it uh, at those ages. And it's really not the government's responsibility. Shouldn't be. All right. So he says we cannot fail to connect the dots between this attack on public education and the larger political maneuverings in our nation. This is at root about Christian nationalism and more specifically white Christian nationalism. This is motivated by racism, fear of science, and a desire to rewrite history. It is a taking the failed tiki torch lit slogan of make America great again and applying it to public education. This is insanity. All right, so he goes on a rant. He keeps going. Uh, I, I really want to jump to the end of this. And he's saying, we need, to, we need our public school system. Uh, he quotes a Bible verse, though, at the end. He says, um, the very mission that Jesus said he came to accomplish on earth uh, is okay. Hold on. Let's let's back up here. For the sake, uh, we cannot let this happen. For the sake of our children, for the future of our communities and our nation, we must rise to defend public education that lifts up the least of these among us and helps every child excel. Why? Because this is the very mission Jesus said he came to earth to accomplish. Read it for yourself in Luke four eighteen through nineteen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is every social justice warrior uses this. Because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. When attempts to control public education do not amount to good news to the poor, the release of people held in educational captivity, the opening of minds to reality, uh, and do not set minds free, the spirit of the Lord is not there. Uh, not to stand up for this Jesus agenda is insanity, right? Okay, so this the public school is a Jesus agenda, and it really it, it boils down to this. It's very similar to, to Mar Karl Marx's view of public schools. Uh, public schools bring about some they produce. It's not about educating children; it's about producing some some state of affairs in society, some equality of some kind. And it's it would be horrible to introduce vouchers or to have um, you know some kind of a regulation where the parents and and the people who actually I mean he says it's against democracy, but you have it's actually democracy in action, or at least a Republican form of government that would be regulating these schools. So that makes no sense. But, uh, but, but to have parents have oversight over the kids, uh, that, that, that would be so horrible. It's, so who's going to make the decisions, right? It's an elite group of people who went to Ivy League schools at the top of this. And they'll tell you what your kids need to know. Is that, is that fair? Is that equal? Is that, you know, that, that's somehow neutral when um, and parents are just, it, it shows a mistrust of parents. And um, and, and then twisting scripture to try to, to make this work. Um, you know, it's not about spiritual captivity anymore. I mean, it somehow now fits into the public school system as part of Jesus's agenda. I want to share with you some verses, uh, just a few here, uh, about parents' responsibilities for uh, training up their children. You have Ephesians 6, and there's a number of, uh, a whole the relationship between children and parents in Ephesians 6, starting in Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, right? It's, it's, that's who um, uh, children are to respect, to obey. And, and if parents want to, you know, have a teacher um, function in a way to, to help educate students, I mean, as long as the parents have oversight, I don't see a problem, but it's ultimately parents that children are supposed to obey. Uh, fathers, uh, verse 4, do not provoke your children to anger, but what does it say? Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's for fathers to educate their children. Um, 
Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Uh, you have um, uh, 1 Timothy um, 5, and, and this you know isn't directly related to education, but it's uh, indirectly. Uh, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I mean, the, a big part of education is helping someone provide for themselves, giving them skills for life. So um, I, if you look in the pages of Scripture, if you look at the commands of God, uh, it's for children to honor their parents, honor their father or mother. It even says that in the Ten Commandments. And it's for parents to provide for their children. And that includes instruction, includes education. So this isn't given uh, to the... Um, the, the professional class of educators, supposedly. It's given to parents. And, and there should be nothing wrong with parents wanting to have a say and wanting to have some oversight and maybe even wanting to directly be involved in educating their own children. And for someone who claims to be a Christian at a Christian um, website to try to twist Scripture to support the idea that, no, it should be an elite group of educators out there, and they have uh, more... Uh, they should be given preference over the parents for how to educate children is is so unbiblical. It is, it is just so against what the Bible teaches on this topic uh, in context. And uh, so good for the parents who are making these decisions. And um, uh, bad on Baptist uh, News, or what was it, Baptist Global News? Baptist News Global. Bad on Baptist News Global for even publishing a piece like this. And it, it makes you wonder how... How do these Christian organizations that take such unchristian positions on things, how do they get their funding? And uh, I know the answer partially to that, but, you know, how, how do they even have readership? It, it's just, it's fascinating to me. Um, I was having a conversation with some guys a few days ago about uh, just Christian institutions, how they're going left, that kind of thing. And one of the things that we were talking about, which I thought was interesting and maybe something for further discussion someday, is how... The left knows their enemy. The left knows that if they can subvert and deconstruct Christians, the church, then they can they can get political victories. And so they put a lot of resources into that. And uh, the right, political right I'm talking about, they don't see the need to really secure one of their big uh, base demographics, uh, conservative Christians. They don't see the need to, to put resources and money into that. Uh, in fact, they're probably a little embarrassed that these are the kinds of people that would vote for Republicans. And so um, I think that's part of the reason that you have this huge imbalance in the even, you know, there's probably way more organizations that claim to be Christian that are on the left when uh, primarily uh, Christians, Protestant Christians, evangelicals, especially in this country, would be on the right politically. It's, it's an interesting dynamic, and I don't know what it would take to um, for, for people to realize, uh, and, and I'm talking strictly in political terms, I'm not talking right now about the more important theological uh, issues which are underpinning this, but even in just political terms, uh, I don't know how long it would take for people on the right politically who are trying to strategize to like kind of wake up and realize, hey, like this is what they're doing to, to one of your base demographics here. Um, anyway, uh, interesting dynamic. I hope that was helpful for people. If, if anything, just uh, to, to reinforce, to review the importance of parents having oversight over education. It is so important. Government doesn't, your kids don't belong to the government, all right? This is foreign thinking. This is thinking that uh, it, 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 it's new, frankly. And I mean, it, you, we probably always grew up with it to some extent, but it, it's new, relatively new in the grand scheme, and it, it's Marxist. And uh, so, uh, anyway, hope that was helpful. God bless. More coming later this week. Bye now.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.